0: Him on the shoulder get the, kitchen. Well, the driver screamed, lost control of the taxi cab, nearly hit a bus, drove up over the curb, and stopped just inches away from a large plate glass window. For a few moments, everything was silent in the cab, and then the shaking driver said, Are you okay to this female passenger? He said, I'm so sorry, but you're scared. The passenger apologized to the driver and said, I didn't realize that a mere tap on the shoulder would startle someone so badly. The driver replied, No, ma'am, no, I'm the one who's sorry. It's entirely my fault. Today's my very first day driving a cab. See, the last 25 years I've been driving a truck." You have your Bibles with you, Turn through, please. The book Second Sandwich. Chapter 22, 2 Samuel 22. So, the kind title of tonight's message is A Little Encouragement. That's what I want to share with you just a little bit today. A little encouragement. Not an in depth Bible study, but just a little encouragement. I feel like some of us need some of that encouragement. If you're joining us online tonight, I want to welcome you as well. Ask you to consider being right here in the sanctuary with us and get involved in what RABC is doing. Get involved with what God is doing here in our sanctuary. Come be encouraged with us. Uh, little encouragement. Shall we begin? Next slide, please. There we go. 2 Samuel chapter 22. Starting at verse 1, the Bible says Then we spoke to the Lord the words of the song, on the day when the Lord had delivered to him. 22. Some of you know the long, almost unending saga of Saul chasing David and David's many, many, many conflicts and many, many, many problems. And on that day, David finally had triumph and victory over Saul and amongst all his enemies. This is what David said to the Lord. look at that next time. New Year progresses. Let's use. encouragement to examine who God is, how He protects us, how He leads us, how He provides for us, and how He grows us spiritually. And he does all those things. Sometimes the ways we don't realize, sometimes the ways that we see and we regret this happening, and sometimes the process is very really painful. And so, we're going to see how 2 Samuel 22 gives us some of those pictures today. I love This is a more modern-fifty song. We sing it here, Robert Averick, often. We sing it at least once in three few months. It's called, I Will Call Upon the Lord. You to know, hear that one? Who is, I'm not going to sing it because my voice is cracked. And on on the microphone now, it's sound really bad. So shall I be saved from my enemies, for the Lord liveth. You know the song, Blessed Be My Rock, right? You know, you know it quite well. Um, we sing it often, and we usually do it with the accompaniment of the guitar, and it's a, a beautiful song. Well, you're going to find it. That is a part of David's valuable song. And we're going to learn a little bit about who God is, and David's just to that. How you can apply that in your life. If you need to be encouraged this evening, how He protects us, and how you can apply that in your life. If you feel like you need God to protect you, how He leads us. If you feel like you kind of left just a little bit, standing around, drifting, saying, "I just don't know where to go next." How He provides for us. You say, "God, I'm in need." growth the spirit so if you're saying just not get it. Let's look at that next slide. Let's meditate on verse 47 in <laughs> 2 Samuel. A lot of verses in Second Samuel. A lot of history that's happening there. Let's take a look at verse 47. The Bible says, The Lord liveth for the Lord lives in our new king game. Blessed be my rock that God be exalted the rock of my salvation. Sounds very familiar, doesn't it? it sounds a lot like that song I just mentioned. The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock, and may the God of my salvation be exalted. That's actually a quote from Psalm 18. As well. Let's take a look at that. Check out Psalm 18. Key this is the heading of Psalm 18. In fact, it's kind of like you just read it in 2 Samuel 22. To so the chief musician of Psalm of David, the servant of the Lord who spake unto the Lord the words of his song in the day that the Lord delivered him. From the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul or Saul. And well, he said, starts out in Psalm 18. Well, I love the Lord. I'm very pleased I love the Lord. So perhaps you are in that category tonight. I'm just, I'm a little bit encouraging. Christmas is over. New Year's is over. Started out in 2024. And the very first thing that happened was I got sick. My family got sick. The very first thing that happened was. Not bad news, or it didn't turn out the way that I wanted it to be, and you just need that little bit of encouragement. Well, this message is for you tonight. Let's look and see what the Bible says. Psalm eighteen three to four. Remember, I said you a little bit about how familiar it was. This is what Psalm eighteen three to four says. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies? All I can see is Brother Mark. Right. The Lord liveth and blessed be my rock. Or maybe it comes after rock. But I think that's Brittany's song. That's it. Thank you, ma'am. The Lord liveth and blessed be my rock. And let the God of my salvation be exalted. And you can see how similar Second Samuel 22 and Psalm 18, verse 46, are. The reason why is because both of them are written on David's day of victory. When he's been delivered from all of his enemies and delivered. From Saul. I ask you to remember something about God tonight. Can I tell you something, Christian? If you're online and you say, I need that word of encouragement, Pastor, I want to tell you something, Christian. And you need to listen to me on this right here. We have already been delivered. Amen. We already have that victory. And one of these days, we're going to be able to stand up on that day we're finally, finally victorious. That day we stand up and say, death. No longer has a hold on us. The grave no longer has a hold on us. We're going to stand up and say, I love the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord, for the Lord liveth. And blessed be my walk. We get a picture of that encouragement there. Encouragement. You think about encouragement. What comes to mind? How do you encourage yourself? You ever have to encourage yourself? I do. You know how I usually do it? I turn on the TV, <laughs> right? Some of us do that as well. Some of us read, I'm actually reading a wonderful book right now called uh, from Ray Comfort. It's called So Many Lions, So Few Games. Just done with uh, that. that one of the best books I've read of all the time. And so definitely recommend that to you and the encouragement that comes in that. Let's move on with our next slide. Back to Second Samuel twenty two. We're in verses two to three here. The Bible says, It says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. God of my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my savior. You save me from violence. And so we're going to look at some characteristics of God in there, and some particular names that David uses for God. It's going to help us understand how who God is, how God delivers us, how God protects us, how God provides for us, etc., etc., etc. As we look at being encouraged a little bit tonight. And perhaps, like I said before, that describes you. He's a little bit of encouragement tonight. Well, be encouraged. God has heard your prayers. And God will not leave you nor forsake you. And if you are His child, then you've already won the victory. And we're still fighting like we think we're at war. You're not at war anymore, Christian. He's already won the victory. What we've got to do is trust Him in that. We've got to trust Him with that. Let's take a look at that next time. So just looking at verses 2 and 3. Like the same point, can we describe who God is? Well, obviously not in great detail, because none of us know who God is in full. One of these days we will. But right now we can't. Why? We haven't seen Him. We haven't seen Him. We hear Him. We feel Him. I believe He speaks to us. I believe with all of my heart He still speaks to His children, to His church. I still believe. Speaks through His Word, and the people who come to my office say, "Pastor, God's not talking to me." The very first thing I tell them is start reading the Bible. There's 66 six books of what God is saying to you. Just looking at verse two or three, can we describe who God is? How He protects us, how He leads us, how He lives through us, and how He grows us spiritually. Just looking at those two to three verses. Let's see if we can get a little bit of encouragement. Right? Just a bit. Next slide. So remember, David says, He's the Lord. He's the Lord. We get a picture, then, of who God is the Lord. And we're we'll to talk a little bit about the title of name. That is a very personal name of God. That is not a generic name of God. When we hear a generic name of God, we often say God. God. Other languages, they might have other words for God. It's generic. They can reference any divinity. Hebrew had one of those as well. That would be El. This is not E.L. This is the covenant name. We'll talk about that. He's my rock. He's my fortress. He's my God. This is all in verses 2 and 3. He's my shield. He's my stronghold. He's my refuge. He's my Savior. These are all descriptions that David gave to the Lord. And these are all descriptions you, Christian, need to start applying to your life tonight. If you need that encouragement, you need to start thinking right now. He is the Lord. He is my Lord. What does that mean, to know that name? Sometimes when you read through your English Bible, you come across the title, The Lord, and you look down and you say, man, it's small, but T H E and L-O-R-D are all in capital letters. Why is that? Because it's the covenant name that's translated, The Lord. You know it. You've read it many times in English. In fact, we'll come across it here again in a second. Uh, David said, He's my rock. We sang that song, The Lord Liveth. Blessed be my rock. He's my fortress, my God, my shield, my stronghold, my refuge, and my Savior. Do you need that encouragement tonight? Let's look at that next slide. To know Him as the Lord. We began talking a little bit about how powerful that name is. That is not a generic name of God, even though we think of it nowadays as the Lord. Can I ask you question? Last time someone said, the Lord, who did you think of? Were you thinking of uh, an, an English prince? When someone said the Lord, you were thinking of God, weren't you? Why? Because that's his name. He's not a Lord. He's not one of the Lords. He is the Lord. He is the Lord. And so we get a picture of his covenant name here. So if you have your fingers in your Bible, perhaps you can leave it. In 2 Samuel 22, I'll flip over to the second book of your Bible, Exodus, and look with me in chapter 6. And let's take a look at how God discloses this name. Now, a lot of times, when we look inside our Bibles, we get stuck in Exodus chapter 3, where God says, I am that I am. And we like to think of that as the name of God. And I think that is definitely one description of God. He is that he is. How do you say that in Hebrew? Yeah, I share. Ayah, meaning I am that I am, or I will be what I will be, because I was what I was simultaneously. I am that I am. No time holds him. So I'm, I'm going to get off of that because I could be there all night long. That's fascinating to me. But the picture that he gives to Moses there in Exodus 3, I am that I am, is powerful enough. But later on in chapter 6, <coughs> he reveals to Moses the covenant And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. This is verse 2 of Exodus chapter 6. I am the Lord. This is that wonderful tetragrammaton name that you see as Y-H-W-E-H. A lot of times we call it Yahweh. A lot of times we transliterate it as Jehovah. And I'm going to take just a second to Where do we get the name Jehovah from? Well, because our previous scholars, when they began translating Hebrew, a lot of them were very German. And they had a hard time translating certain W's. Making W your sounds and he made these sounds out of it. And so you get, instead of a Yahweh, you get a Jehovah out of that. And that's okay. Do I think that's wrong? Absolutely not. Um, because we don't have any vowels in that name at all, Y-H-W-H. So the debate for years is that how do you say it? I'm going to be safe and tell you this is how you say it. The Lord. <laughs> Amen. The Lord. <laughs> God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as El Shaddai, as God Almighty, as El Shaddai. But my name, Jehovah, Y-H-W-H, I was not known to them. Now, that's fascinating to me because being a student of the Bible, I love to read, and I love to read critically sometimes through that. And I know something about Genesis. And when I look into Genesis, I come across the very first chapter in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. And that word for God there is Elohim. where we get El from. Elohim. Meaning God. God. It's almost a generic term for it. Then we switch over to chapter 2, and we have this picture of the six days of creation on day 1, day 2, day 3, and the creation of man. And all of a sudden, God's name changes from Elohim to Yahweh meaning that that personal relationship had begun. And that's really what we're getting at right here in Exodus chapter 6. God saying, I knew Abraham, I knew Isaac, I knew Jacob, but they didn't know me like Adam did. They didn't know me like that. And you know what, Moses? I want you to know me like that, and I want all of Israel to know me like that. And you know, fucking Christian?" If you are needing that encouragement, and you need to be lifted up tonight, and you need to understand that God has made His name available to you because He wants you to know Him on a personal relationship where you can reach out and call Him up, where you know His name. But some of us oftentimes forget about that. And we think that He's far, far, far away, or that He's untouchable. He's not untouchable. He's near, and He knows you. He's given you the ability to know His name. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob and Jacob as El Shaddai, but my name Jehovah, I was not known to them. I didn't reveal that to them. Back in creation, they knew that. kind of changes. Remember when we get into chapter 4, chapter 5, you now have, have the falling, the sin. I'm, I am going want to spend a lot of time going on the history of Genesis, but we had the falling of it, and all of a sudden, the sons of earth begin to call on the name of God. What the name were on? Well, it changed back that fellowship, And that personal relationship begins to fall through away. Of course, you know what happens five and six. You end up with the blood coming on. Here we have God restoring this. Next is chapter 6. I want you to know me. And I I want you to know my name, and I want you to have a personal relationship with me. If you need that encouragement tonight, you have a personal relationship with God when you know His name. Can I tell you something? I've been married to my wife for 26 years, and we have names for each other. We do. We even have names for each other when we're not so happy sometimes. But I want you to know God is giving this name because it's out of a loving relationship out of anger, not out of let me call you a bad name. It's a I want you to know me and I want you to be able to call me on a personal level. Don't call me Dr. Duffman. Don't call me Reverend Morrison. Don't call him generic God. Call him the Lord. David started out saying the Lord. How can we describe God? How did David do it? He is a personal, loving God. That means not only is the God of all this world, is the God of all this universe, he's God of you and you alone. That ought to bring encouragement to anybody tonight. Perhaps you're feeling a little bit under the weather. Perhaps you're feeling a little bit beaten down, a little bit beaten up by the devil. And I know the devil's making his way. He always does. He goes around seeking whom he may devour. Y'all remember that? What you got to do is tell him, you're not allowed here not allowed to. May is a word of permission. You don't have to let him do. Remember, you belong to the Lord. Remember, the Lord is giving you a personal relationship with him. Let's take a look at that next slide. So how does he protect us? If David describes him as his personal loving God, how does he protect us? Well, remember in verses 2 and 3 of 2 Samuel 22, he's my rock, he says. He's my fortune. In fact, I don't think I really need to define what it means to say He's my rock. When I was growing up as a kid, you probably already know I was captivated by television. One of the commercials I remember most of all was that Chevrolet commercial. And I bet you're singing it in your head right now. now if you're online, I almost guarantee you're singing it with me. Like so. Yes, i you singing it with me. I'm strong as I can be. God is my... Rock. He's unmovable, unshakable, unbreakable, unmeasurable. Nothing can stop him. Nothing can keep him from going where he needs to go. He's my rock, Christian. Be in turn. He's your rock if you belong to him. He's also our fortress. You feel like you need to run and hide somewhere? Stronghold, fortress. Like you ever felt like you've been out and about? You've been just too far away from the fortress? What am I going to get behind? One of the most powerful war stories I've heard was from United States paratroopers World War II. They jumped over Normandy. And you could read their dialogue, no one would find it. Most of them come to the realization that there was nowhere to hide as the bullets came up. There was nothing to get behind, there was nowhere to run to. heard that old saying before, there's no such thing as atheists in foxholes. There's no such thing as atheists on perishing. (laughs) But I want you to know, when you're out and about, you're not in the fortress. David knew this because he spent all that time running from Saul. Well, be encouraged, Christian. He's our seal. Somebody save men tonight. He is our seal. And on top of that, he's our stronghold. What's the difference between a stronghold and a fortress? Fortress is a place where the army goes. It's a place where the troops are. Two We have Fort Colossus. Just down the road. Fort Hood. <laughs> What's ever stronghold and that? Stronghold is where your family goes. You see. Stronghold. Think about it. David says, not only is my fortress, he's the God of angels. Now, do you know what El Salvador thinks? Have you ever heard about that? He's the Lord of hosts. El He's the Lord. Of- you don't even need the God of angel army. That's what that is literally translated. That is David saying, He's my fortress. And in that fortress, angel army. He's my shield. When I'm out and about marching because I'm a soldier of the Lord, He blocks us down. He's my stronghold. What's the difference between stronghold and fortress? Stronghold of where your family is. And I love the picture David sends here. He is where I love my family, He is where I feel complete. Can you feel a little bit incomplete feel like you don't have mom's love, dad's love, brother's love, sister's love. Well, in God, you're in a stronghold with a complete family. Amen? See my refuge. What's the place of refuge? Refuge is also an amazing place. That's a place where you go to get something. Not to call it religion. The United States experienced something of the Great Depression. Never since then, Every few years, Thomas gets on TV and says, We're getting ready to have another Great Depression. We haven't experienced anything like that, even though we've had levels close or even below that as far as inflation and things like that go. We haven't experienced anything with that kind of unemployment. Rate. Great Depression. What would happen is, as you probably know, some of your students in particular who do, they would line up in lines. They call these lines the leak. They would go and get, allotment of money or an allotment of food release. Perhaps you've seen the wonderful movie called The Cinderella. It's Russell Crowe is a doctor. And he and his family experienced the Great Depression he stands in line in the relief line. Understand what David is saying. I can't pay it. I can't make it. I can't feed my family. My God is my refuge. Do you need some encouragement tonight? He's our refuge. That's how David describes him as the Lord by God. That's how. How does he lead it? Yeah. Well, remember in verses two and three, he the instrument in God. Have to be honest for a second. God has to be in charge. He's not in charge. He's not God. Amen. How does he lead? He's God. How does he lead? He's Savior, Captain of the Lord's Host. He is the leader of the Lord's army and of course he's the Lord. Lord being covenant man. a personal, loving relationship. With what do you want in the next one? Yeah. How does he provide? David said, he's my fortress. He's my fortress. said, Samuel 20, he's my fortress. What's provided inside of fortress? Protection. What's it provided inside of fortress? Armor, weapons, ammunition. Support. stronghold. What's in the stronghold? Security. My family loves me. As a young Christian, many times I consoled myself saying, no matter what happens, God will never stop loving. As a husband I consoled myself saying, no matter what happens, my wife will never stop loving. My Captures me, hangs me up as a warning, as a sign, as a picture, an example to all of Israel, and he kills me, and he goes after my family. God is still my strong. He's also my refuge. He He gives relief when we think that it is. He gives relief. Let me give you an example of that also from King David before he was king. I bet you many of you could quote it word for word. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. He shall not come up. He's my rich. Next slide, please. How did He grow us? He's my Savior. I love that word, Savior. I love it. If you were in Greek, I would be saying myself, here. Savior is so much more than this cross. And I'm not belittling the cross. Don't ever think that. He rose with us. He with us. Yeah. He's my Savior. He's my Savior. He came to save me from my sin. He came to save me from my pain. So, what does it mean to have God saves us from us. God saves us sometimes from (laughs) ourselves. Because we grow too. Especially when we go to faith. On Sunday morning, we talked a little bit about what it means to have Jesus as Lord. Become your Lord means that we don't have a lot of, well, I'm just going to do it myself. To go to God. When Jesus is your Savior, I often find expectations possible. It's just me. I'm in the Bible. It's just me. When I watch young Christians throughout my ministry become a Christian, fall in love with God. God is doing good things, and all of a sudden their life starts turning right. They say, Praise God, I should have done this a 100 years ago. You and I know we're devil. Sometimes it's not the devil. Sometimes that's just Sometimes life just happens. Let me tell you, when you stub your toe, it's not always the devil. Sometimes it's because you weren't paying attention. I mean there ain't a bad in You know, I couldn't pay my phone bill. It wasn't the devil's because you chose to order pizza. Amen or all names. I mean. It's amazing. God delivers. Again, 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 How do I know that? I was the process it grows. It grows. It grows. It grows. So I want to stand in front of you tonight. and say, He's my stupid. you saved me from sin. Yes. If I would to start from in 30 years of Christianity? Let me say it again. Next slide. So what has God done for you this past year? 2023. It's over. It's January 3rd. Let me tell you, I couldn't wait for it. I know many of you made resolutions. That's okay. I, I made a few myself, so I expect them to be broken. Yeah. <laughs> Have I broken them yet? No, but pray for me. Pray for me. So what has God done for you this past year? Well, take a look at David. David in 2 Samuel 22 tells us what God did for him and why he should call God and all those things. And maybe that encouragement is starting to make sense to you. Look me at me in 22 verse 17. Listen to what David says. He sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. about verse 18. He delivered me from my strong enemies and from them that hated me, for they were too strong for me. I know you're taking the sin and you're starting to see what David says. This is what God did for me. He delivered me, he took me, he sent for me, saved me. Next slide. From verse 19. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, for the Lord was my stay. Now I love King James. I use the old King James in this one. But he was your support. I like to think of those stays. Those little stays, little fat pieces do get to my powers. If I forget to take them out in the laundry, they always reappear in the washing you see. Or I get them in the dryer and they're all bent up and they're not fit easy. But what David says here in twenty two nineteen, they prevented me my enemies in the day of my calamity. But the Lord was my stay. He kept me in shape. He kept me where I needed to be. He kept me doing what I needed to do. He kept me safe. He kept me fed. I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now. He's my Savior. You need that encouragement tonight? stay. Look at the next one 2 Samuel 22 20. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Modern day translation He rested. delivered you. He brought me far across also to a large place. And you might think, I Don't recall any of that twenty twenty three. Spend some time thinking back and you're going to see where God has delivered you, where God has saved you, where God has protected you, where God has guided you, where God has taken you by the hand and said, No. Peter Next slide. After you have to need that little encouragement. We're going to close in a word of prayer I want to challenge you this week some time thinking back on what God has done for you over 2023, how He's grown you, how He's ensured you, how He's provided for you, protected you, how He's supplied for you, how He's answered prayer after prayer after prayer, and how you can stand right now and say, He's my Savior. Let's close in that word first. Father God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for a little encouragement. May encourage encouragement to every one of us. As we depart here tonight, Lord God, keep us encouraged. Keep us edified. Keep us, Lord God, to educated. And keep us, Lord God, in your will. And I pray, Father, that as we go about our business this week, we'd have the opportunity to share the gospel with somebody. And as we return to your house on Sunday morning, may we come with open hearts. May we come, Lord, with open ears. And may we, Lord, not worship you in the truth of your spirit. May your name be glorified. May it be magnified. This is Jesus' great right? in the name of your Amen. Baptist church is looking for a few messengers from the United Baptist Association of Texas. Uh, annual meeting. We are entitled to three of those. If you're interested in being one of those, please let me know. We'll sign you up for that. That's it. Yes. Yes, she is. She needs God to deliver her. (laughs) Ha, <laughs> ha,